Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody, to the Shoots and Ladders podcast. I am your host, Pat, joined by my lovely co-host, Jen. Hello, Pat. So we are, unfortunately, have some bad news about this episode. This episode is going to be what I call a series of speed runs, where we are going to be focusing strictly and solely on the most important thing that's actually happening in the ring, Jen. Do you know what that is? No. Is it two doinks? No. <laughs> it's the escalating bounty on the incoming rematch of two click members, Razor Ramon and One Two Three Kid. That's really all that we have going on here. That's really the true little meat and potatoes storyline that is going to be our through line till we get to the King of the Ring. Am I wrong? Is that not really what we got going on here? Like we've, we met the smoking guns and now they're just jobbing with jobbers, right? I think it's the thing that you and I care most about for sure at this moment in time. Well, I feel like Bam Bam Bigelow is just, he's like taken over. It's like he's morphed into like both Typhoon and Earthquake's position as like, this is just the biggest guy that's here. I don't... Right? Because they, they've been having Typhoon job for people. Like they, Earthquake's gone. But like, just because you're a big guy doesn't mean that they can only be one. I don't, I don't know. I mean, listen. In his Vince vibe, world, his vibe is just very different. Well, his, yeah, his vibe is different. And, and I mean, they're going to be setting him up for a pretty cool match, which we'll, which we'll get into on next Monday Night Raw. But that's really it. We're going to be kind of doing some speed running here because we are a little behind and we are trying to catch up. <sighs> we had a goal. So the goal was originally King of the <laughs> Ring. And then it looks like it's since that's come and gone now, since we are recording this in June. It looks like it might be SummerSlam. So we really got to kind of get there yeah. so we can get there. So I mean, unfortunately. Life happens. We're, we when have, you're rewatching old school wrestling. Real life happening around us. And uh, yeah. Well, let's get into it. So the match that, so we, on our Superstars episode, which is May 22nd, 1993, it actually took place on May 4th, 93. So that's in the Worcester Centrum in Worcester, Mass. So we actually had something that took place after the infamous uh, <laughs> WrestleMania that would never end. <laughs> we had a Smoking Guns match, three-minute match, Smoking Guns, beating Chris Duffy and Dwayne Gill. Shout out Dwayne Gill. Future hardcore champion or future light heavyweight champion, Dwayne Gill. Wait, really? Yeah, remember they bring him back when he's like a coach. <laughs> no. In like right in like ninety eight ish, they bring him back. He's like a he's like a, a gym teacher and like a high school coach, and they like drop a belt on him when they come to his town. Hundred percent, Dwayne Gill. Never forget. Bam Bam Bigelow beat. Wait, do they call him Gilbert? Like Gilbert? Or, yes, like, because it, because of Goldberg. Goldberg. Okay, yes, I remember. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bam Bam Bigelow defeats Jerry. CV, Jerry ZV, CV, ZV, beats Jerry CV. <laughs> we have a crush Shawn Michaels classic King of the Ring matchup, uh, a qualifier. Mm-hmm. Double count out. We what, know how those work. What is going to happen? The debut of, of our man Adam Bomb. Wait, do they get like a rematch though? Didn't. Um, a of perfect get a rematch. Yes, because that's the perfect doink for me. Rematch is going to be on Raw because this was filmed on May fourth. So they, they at this point they don't really know what the card's going to be, and these guys are probably just working with each other on the circuit. Like these two are not working with each other on the circuit because I think in this episode, Shawn Michaels doesn't have the the title because he's already lost to Marty. Yeah, but he did have the. So when do you remember when we watched this? When they started this match, he was already in the ring. He was already in the ring, yeah. Because he did still have the title. title. Yeah, because I didn't. Exactly. So that's why this had to end in a count out because it probably wasn't even a King of the Ring qualifying Mm -hmm. match. Because I think that they actually have a match at King of the Ring for the IC 
championship. I think that's what really happens. Right. So this was but not he doesn't even, have it back. So yet, this so. wasn't even listed as a king. Like it probably really wasn't on their card a King of the Ring match. It was probably just a an intercontinental match that ended in DQ. We also had the Dairy de- Queen. Yes. The debut of Adam Bomb featuring our man Johnny Polo. Shout out Raven. Adam Bomb's big dude. And of course, our the myth and legend, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's mm. back. Defeating our boy, the Brooklyn Brawler. That was our Superstars episode. Right. Did you take any notes, Jen? There's no hope of dope. We had that promo again. Yeah, I like we we've been mining that promo now. With Jasmine McNeil, mm-hmm. the fourth grader at PS thirty eight. Um, There's no hope <laughs> with dope. There's gonna be an eight man tag at King of the Ring. The Steiners and the Guns versus the Head Shrinkers and Money Incorporated. You know what sucks is that sounds like what that would really be. And what I feel like I really wanted even at the time when we do watch it is like that would be a great like uh, Survivor Series match. It it does seem to be like that's that's the vibe of that. yeah. Right? Yes. That forum. Because I don't think it's Survivor Series. I think it's just a regular like once someone gets like pinned, everybody loses. I had that Crush tried to... Oh, I'm playing with this whole thing and it's making noises. <laughs> I had that crush try to kill Shawn Michaels. It's true. With his, I think with his crushing, head crushing? His head crushing, yeah. Yeah. Which I, we talked about that because on the Raw there's also crush. So when we were watching it, I was like, Jen, there is not a finishing move that is more complicit than the big man from Kona Costa, Hawaii crushing you. With his hands, because it's just in terms of finishing moves, like your hand, there's no, he's done nothing to incapacitate your hands. So like you, you, I think the idea he's just so strong you can't get away. But like my thing is he's a face, and like what face would try to crush someone's brain? Like it just seems very violent. It seems extremely violent, and it's also like just <laughs> so nonsensical. Because again, you know the guy's trying to crush someone's. What else did you have? What kind of promos did we have? I'm sure we had King of the Ring alerts. Yeah, we had another Hulk Hogan on the beach. Um... With Jimmy Hart, you were screaming about the green screen. Yeah, because it didn't look like a beach. It looked like a green screen. What did you? What, what were your thoughts there? Do you think that was a green screen or not? Oh yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh-huh. He filmed. He filmed yeah, all promos I didn't back to back. Hear any wind? Right. No wind. No waves. Like I, that's the thing. When I'm looking at a beach scene, Beaches if are I don't loud. see any wind, yeah, there's Beaches always wind at the beach. And it always was, wind yeah. at the beach. Uh, there was a face-to-face with Mean Gene and Yokozuna. That was fun. That was fun. Uh, Mr. Perfect, King of the Ring promo. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing... The, the, the No Hope with Dope Undertaker thing is the, the one that really stands out. Yeah, I definitely have to say. Every time I see that, it gets a little bit cornier, but also just more 90s. Like, it's just so such stupid. a 90s time capsule thing. Like, because all I could think about... Is the Save by the Bell episode, There's No Hope with Dope. And I'm like, that just must have been an ad campaign that everybody just said there's no hope with dope. Like, I remember Dare to keep kids off drugs. Johnny Dakota? Johnny Dakota, of course. Yeah. I had a Dare shirt, and I really wish that little Jen knew how cool a Dare shirt would be to have now, right? And I wish I didn't throw it out. You know, that's the thing, though. And, and, you know, speaking of of that, wrestling merch here, right? That's the thing. So, like, when they show some of these old shirts, and it's like, yo, the shirt's like $200, I'm like, but you could just make the shirt now, though, right? You could make the shirt. What are you talking But you have to, like, get it manufactured. It's not really that easy to do. Depending on the shirt. Like, some of the ones that have, like, the all-over prints, 
You can't. I don't know. Because there's some cool Hitman shirts that I'm like, they should just, like, somebody should just make them. I know. I but I guess they really probably cool. get sued because I'm just like, why do I want to spend $300 for a shirt that's 30 years old? That's the question. You know, because it's a vintage shirt. You're talking about a vintage Dare shirt. Like, yo, every kid got a Dare shirt. Like that, that Razor Ramon shirt, that yellow one with the black um, that, like, Drake was wearing. Yeah. If you Google, like, Drake Razor Ramon shirt. Yeah, yeah. No, I know yeah, exactly you know, which yeah, one it is. Yeah. That one is so cool. There's, like, a... A black one with like a with blue. It's like black and blue, like Shawn Michaels one mm. that I want, but it's like four hundred dollars. That's what I'm saying. And I will not spend. No, it's four hundred dollars <laughs> for a shirt that someone's already owned. That then they washed it. Who knows how many? Yeah, you times can never wash it, it again. And it would just probably just disintegrate. It probably smells like cigarettes and uh, or or who knows mildew. It's like, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Who knows? But that's wrestling merch talk. <laughs> Big thing that I really want to know, know is I really just want like an Icapro conditioning. Like, uh, like I want to know what, who was using it at the time. What was the the best Icapro supplements that you could take? Like, was it just straight up B12 and like estrogen? And then you just got the rest of the Icapro from Why would it Vino? be estrogen? That would just give you boobs. No, because you have to take estrogen when you're doing testosterone. Oh, you gotta oh. like bounce it. Well, right. Well, right. But wouldn't. Why would they just give you estrogen? No, I'm saying like the like Icopro. It's just like estrogen and like B12, and then like oh. you have to get the other part of Icopro, which oh, is the okay, illegal okay. steroids. You know what I'm saying? Come with me. Come with me. Somebody's got to give you the because the, they can't give you the steroids anymore, which I think is like really just a really funny circle of events if you actually think about it. So like up until the early '90s, I think it was like. People could just take steroids. They weren't illegal, right? They so just weren't illegal. All these guys in the 80s, do, all these wrestlers and any athletes. Yeah, it wasn't illegal. Right? So everybody's mm-hmm. just taking steroids and they're like, yo, this is terrible. And like now you circle back to like now where they're like, people are just casually, like regulars are taking HGH. They can get HGH and like that's good for you. Like you it's actually your good for you. Yeah. You know, when you're recovering from an injury. I think it's good as you age too, like for some men to take. I don't, I don't know. I don't know a lot about it. I'm not going to speak about it. Like I think I it just like helps you just like recover. Like it's not like like testosterone's like really screwed with your chemistry. I don't know. I think right. HGH is something that's normally produced and they stop. Whereas yes. testosterone is like you're adding more of something that's already right. In because your body. as you get older, you stop producing a growth hormone. Mm-hmm. So then it like helps. Yeah. With things. But I just think that's funny. That's just a tidbit that I think is funny when it's like, oh, yo, all right. So right now everybody's still jacked. But the testosterone, the steroids are illegal, but just like they're illegal because of kids, they're not illegal because like they're killing these people, <laughs> like just injecting themselves with so much testosterone that they end up having heart attacks. Wait, so why is it illegal if it's not? It's illegal because I think some kids died. Like I think like kids oh. died. Like, like injecting illegal steroids. Like, well, what would... No, I, th- so, you know, if I had to take a guess, I think kids died like you know, high school kids or some sort of whatever because they're using steroids. Oh. Because I'm just asking what kind of Ico pro promos did we get <laughs> and you never told me. Like, is it still Tatanka? Like, do we get an Alex Lex Luger Yeah, promo? no, I, th- I think we're I think we're running the Tatanka Ico pros right now. But they, they do, they go back and forth. I think that there was like a Steiner one thrown in there. But I know with Raw, you definitely get the Tatanka one. When you say Steiner, all I think of is his math every time. Oh, my God. That's the best promo ever. That is the best promo. All the promos. Any other promos to talk about here with this with this Superstars episode? This wonderful episode of Superstars. Like, is the Adam Bomb thing insensitive? No, because it's... No, because there's a time period. It's funny, because I was just actually talking to my barber about this a second ago, because we were... He, he was talking randomly 
he mentioned something along, along the lines of, you know, sometimes I think, what if uh, Osama bin Laden's, like, nephews, like, they're all, like, older now. Like, what if they got, like, drones and stuff and, like, deep fake AI? Like, you just casually mentioned that. I don't know why. What? And I was just like... What goes on? I was like, yeah. And then, like, we thought about it, and I was like, yeah, we gave up so much, like, after 9-11. Like, you gave up so much personal freedom and so much information and so much stuff, right, what the world was. Because, like, before 9-11, the thing everybody was really focused on was, was like, still everybody atom bomb. That's, you were, that's what you were focused on. So I think it was in, like, the lexicon of, like, people to be like, oh, an atom bomb, like, I think it was more like a flex on, like, American might. So, like, I don't think that this was, like, bad. Like, an atom bomb is bad, and he's a he's a heel. But it wasn't, like, as big of, like, a thing. Sure, Like, as insensitive us. to us. To us. Right, but... Yo- our country's never been But Yokozuna... Okay, okay. But you act like Yokozuna isn't technically, like, the most, like, insensitive wrestler that we have with Mr. Fuji. Because, like, Yokozuna is not actually a Yokozuna. That's, like, a title for the grandmaster like sumo champion so they just took that title and said this is the name of a what is he like fijian wrestler like he's not even from japan and he'd never sumo wrestled so it's like it it would just be like me walking around going i'm the black belt karate master like that's just you can't do like (laughs) that's just you're not and that was even sillier you know i'm the master brazilian jiu-jitsu guy but i'm really a wrestler like because i look like maybe i do jiu-jitsu like it's not it's insensitive to like that culture. That's what I, that's that's where I'm going. Well, I'm but saying Yokozuna also, is like the okay. I'm saying we're they're, they're very yeah. insensitive to to all cultures. They don't care. So I think the idea of Adam Bomb is like, yo, here's this guy who's gonna make make him Adam Bomb explode. Okay. I don't know. I didn't find it like insensitive. I just found it like such a very like when he comes on the screen. It's like I told you, I'm like that's just such a '90s, like such a, that mid '90s, like I don't know. It just has a vibe. And it's yeah. like a pre-Matrix vibe where it really looks like a certain... It does. Because then it all like crests with the Matrix where you're like, yo, this is all computer simulation. And then like 9-11 happens. And then like that doesn't happen. I was just listening to a podcast too. Complete tangent. And I'm sober too, so this is funny. Complete tangent because <laughs> I'm just going on tangents. Do you know when Donnie Darko came out? Oh, wasn't it like... um, Was it... 2001 yeah like october of 2001 so like nobody saw the movie like in the theater yeah i did but know it became that. like such a cult movie so i just heard jake gyllenhaal on um a podcast so oh really yeah ah, I was just, that's I was, actually really funny i was about airplane stuff and i was like oh are you surprised i knew that yeah. i thought you'd be surprised so i mean i don't know how i made it there but it was just thinking about like airplanes yeah, and bad things from. that happened like in 2001 well okay because i'm thinking about like the art like our culture like the lexicon like where we were and then like everything just changes in like a one. Oh, no one saw it in theaters because of the airplane yeah i always forget that that movie is about like an airplane crash i always forget that that's part of it because yeah. it's just so weird yeah well, it was also, it was, it was like right before the internet was really a big thing. So like, you just kind of heard like, yo, you should watch this movie. Yo, you should watch this movie. Have you seen Donnie Darko? You should watch this movie. You know, like I saw it. I never saw it in the theater. I saw it on, you know, uh, DVD. I think I did see it in the theater. Wasn't it in the theater? It was in the theater for like a second. I think I saw it in the theater. Because like, it was because of that whole, like, it was like 9-11 happens and like two months later, they released this movie that literally the plot hinges on an airplane crashing and exploding that's unfortunate timing yeah yeah for a movie that had already been filmed and made yeah that's what yeah that sucks back to the atom bomb i mean we're really going we're going on uh <laughs> that's what we said these are just fast and loose back to the atom bomb 
So you're saying you think that this is ins- insensitive character towards Japanese audiences? I was which I asking also if agree. you thought it was, because I don't know if that footage of the bomb that they play on the screen is one of those bombs. If it was just like a test, but I don't know. It's I don't definitely know a test bomb. They're not. They're not. They're never. They're not showing like Nagasaki or, or Hiroshima like on a. They're not. No, no, they're not. Doing right. That. So like, I just kind of. But still, I don't know. Maybe it's just. a part of um, what do you think these is, times where you're so sensitive what about do you everything think, that right, you i'm gonna to name to... four i'm gonna name four now four wrestling gimmicks One, two, three, four. i don't want you to say anything i don't want you to do anything i want you to let me name all four and then i want you to rank them and tell me what is your level of insensitivity for them because you, you you brought this out so the brooklyn brawler Yokozuna, Adam Bomb, who we just met, mm-hmm. and last but not least, Sergeant Slaughter. I thought you were going to include Kamala in this. No, he's he's man. Because I'm going to say that Kamala is probably the most insensitive character. I, I mean, that, that's a layup. Right? Because I'm giving you four here. Because Sergeant Slaughter literally turned against America and then came back to be with America. He's not actually a drill sergeant. Like, he never was a drill sergeant. That's not real. So he's playing a character that he never was. It's not like he's like, he's not. Remember Arlie Ermey that was I don't think, I think that's, I think pretending to be a drill sergeant as a wrestler is not that big of a deal. I mean, you could pretend to be anything else. Like, you're pretending to be something that you weren't. I mean, it's kind of like... I think it's... But it's like a job. It's not... Robert Rudolph Remus. What? That's his name. Robert Rudolph Remus. Really? Yeah. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I have more of a problem with the fact that we're, you know, using wars and stuff as... I think that's the worst part, you know, not calling yourself a sergeant. I guess. I mean, I think there's a lot of problems with it, but calling yourself a sergeant doesn't. I I don't know. I think that also like. God, wrestling's so insane that it's like you just let a lot of shit. You don't even think about a lot of it. Right. Or back then it's. Well, I think that's the whole point is that you don't let a lot. You know, you can't. Yo, there's a guy. died a few days after I was born. His name is Erwin Ernie Jacob Roth, who I think I've heard of before. And he was the Grand Wizard of Wrestling. And called himself the Grand Wizard. He was Sergeant Slaughter's one of his first managers in NWA. Deep yeah, dive. I don't... Yeah, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of intensive stuff out there. Let's go to the Monday Night Raw. Got it. <laughs> What are we gonna take from this? Are we gonna crown a winner or loser? Are we doing gonna do uh, anything? We crown a winner and loser at the end of the whole. thing. I'm just saying, is there anything here else that you want to bring? Because um, I, I, I don't mean, think we got one real match. I guess that's good, right? We got HBK and Crush. Double count out. I mean it. So here we get on Monday Night Raw. We're May twenty fourth, filmed on May seventeenth. The Raw brand, at our Manhattan Center, we have Mister Perfect. The best center. Of all centers. Against Doink the Clown in a King of the Ring qualifying match. They've had multiple different times that now this is the one that actually counts. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the second one. 
Money Inc. against Mike Bell and Tony DeVito, which was a funny. That was just funny. Crush defeated Bobby Who. Bobby what? Bobby huh? Bobby Who? <laughs> and Adam Bomb with Johnny Polo defeated Phil Apollo. Yes. So we'll go backwards. Adam Bomb, how do you feel about his finishing move? I think it's pretty cool. Like he does like that power bomb thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's a big dude. That was that was the, the big, big takeaway is that he was a big dude. Crush against Bobby Who. All they did was make what's his name? Bobby what? Bobby Who? Bobby Huh? And they were just making jokes and Macho Man was just screaming at Bobby Heenan the entire time. Money Inc. Still going on about what I think is the greatest like little gimmick. Like, hey, come here, shine my shoes. <laughs> And then I'm going to give you $100, but I'm actually going to take, like, $70 because hashtag taxes. Right. Very funny. <laughs> I enjoy that. And then we had our 15-minute match. We had our match of the week, which was Mr. Perfect against Doink in the King of the Ring match. Yeah. There was multiple Doinks. There so was many. A Lord Alfred Hayes sighting who said that he saw one Doink come in one way. So we knew there was two Doinks. You see the Doink. Doink starts the match by going him. under the ring. Yeah, in front of everybody. So another doink comes back out. Yeah. You would think that doink would go under there before it starts so that everybody didn't see him, but... Well, there was a doink under there is what I think it was. There already was one. So then when that one went under, then you know that the doink went under and then one came out, so then you don't think that there's another one already under there because they're hiding doinks. True. Doink on doink. How do you feel about doink the clown, like, on this second watch? I feel like... There's a dark side of the ring coming out about him. There is. That I'm excited to watch. Um, I I stick by liking this doink and then not liking... The kid-friendly version? The kid-friendly doink with all the dinks. And... I have to say, on rewatch, I definitely still don't understand. Like, I feel like there was levels to this. We have, like... We have a giant, right, who's dressed in a spray-on leotard suit, or whatever he's in, spandex, spray-on spandex. Is he gone? muscles. Yeah, I think so. We had him. Mm-hmm. True. And we're like, this is just a terrible gimmick. And then we have a guy who's just literally like, my gimmick is I'm perfect. Everything I do is perfect. I'm going to fight dudes, wear windbreakers, fucking hang out. You got the world champion, Ric Flair, who was gracing us with this presence last year. You got Brett Hitman Hart. The excellence of execution. You got this guy out here. You got Razor fucking Ramon. And then you got a fucking clown. So, like, I think the only version of it that would have actually worked long term was the homicidal clown. Because, yes. like, I guess that makes sense that you're a homicidal clown. But also, like, he's a wrestling clown. So it's just that circle where I'm like, I don't know if any of it ever could work. I feel like <laughs> if they really, really pushed this, what the fuck's going on with this clown that keeps coming in during matches, in the crowd, messing with people in the ring, and they really just had him doing that for, like, years. And then all of a sudden, he's a wrestler. So you think that if this was similar to a storyline where a octogenarian gives birth to a hand? No. <laughs> and we just keep circling back? Or what about, like, the gobbledygooker? Like, you feel like it's like that? Like, we no, gotta just cultivate like you this? No, just, like, you completely just accept that this clown... Is just a clown that fucks around, right? He fucks around to find out, and he's just in the crowd, and he's fucking around. And then you get so accustomed to him 
and it's bullshittery that you don't even think of him as a potential wrestler. He's just a clown. I think it would have worked. And then he becomes, then he's like this amazing wrestler. Or you, you know what I mean? I think it would have worked if consistently. Or he like reveals himself to be like a. Vince got other wrestlers to be the clown consistently. So if there was like a stable of like four or five people that were him that were clearly different, like one of them was like Typhoon, and you're like clearly that's not the same guy as another one. You just kept that going for years. That would be pretty. With cool. like the real guy that is him, like whoever that would be, right? That maybe that would work, you know. And it's like, and then at one at one point, it's you know whomever, like guys that are injured. Then you're like, oh, it's not really him. It's this guy. Like who really is a clown? But I don't know. I just thought I like the idea of a wrestling clown. There's certain levels where I'm like, it's just silly, you know, but it's like, oh, he's a homicidal maniac. I'm like, okay, that's all right, I guess, but it's still not. And then we're going to make it be a kid clown. So it's tough. I feel like doing stuff. I feel like Mr. Perfect needs to be doing. I, I don't, I, I agree. There's never a world where I'm like, you know, the wrestling clown's going to be Mr. Perfect. He's fucking Mr. Perfect. Everything he does is yeah. perfect. How is he going to I lose? Do, yeah. I, I think this is the best. wrestling clown. The, 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 the best version of doing that we get is, is with, heel doing is now. Yeah, and with like the double clowns and the and the shenaniganry and tomfoolery, tomfooleries, shenanigans. You know that that crush just can't get over him. He has to keep coming out. Like it's great. It's just so other, silly. Other other than the uh, the meat and potatoes of this episode, any other promos, any other events, any other things I need to know about other than what is the greatest running through line. In the new generation. Um, IMHO. Because I remember this as a kid. And I remember being so enthralled by these, this entire thing. It was so fucking cool. Just this whole build up of Razor Ramon consistently coming into the ring. And offering escalating bounties. For just a, one more chance to beat the kid. And like Macho Man heckling him. Bret Hart shows up here in the middle of that promo. In the middle mm-hmm. of the ring. So let's set the stage. Vince McMahon, unbeknownst to those children that were watching at the time, is actually the owner of the World Wrestling Federation. He's not just an announcer. He gets in the ring and he's going <laughs> to conduct an interview with one of his wrestlers. This wrestler is Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon comes in, not ready to wrestle because he's wearing pants, but he can't wear a shirt. They're like athletic pants, though. Yeah, but he can't wear a shirt. Why would he? Gold chains oozing with cheese. He wants those gold chains to just pull out his little chest hairs. That's all I think when I see that. It's like, that must hurt. Oozing the cheese Yeah. Comes in, just talking about how it was a lucky win, Mm -hmm. lucky thing, lucky everything. Macho Man is heckling him on the mic as an announcer, like, you lost to the kid. All of a sudden, Bret Hart shows up. He's heckling him, like, you need to go do your homework. You lost to, like, a nobody, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm going to destroy you at the King of the Ring, et cetera, et cetera. And you're just like, man, there just isn't a better thing. Like, there was never a world in the past year where we have watched this. There was never a, a thought in my mind that if I didn't know who that person was wrestling him, whoever the per- the other person was, heel or face. Like, even if you knew them, you're like, oh, Barry Harwood's like, oh, Barry Harwood's ain't going to win. Oh, Dwayne Gill. Dwayne Gill ain't gonna win. Oh, uh, what what was the guy? The fish name? 
Oh my god. Uh, Mike <laughs> Trout, Sonny Trout or something. Sonny Trout. Sonny Trout, and they just did fish puns for two and a half minutes. Yes. Mr. Perfect and Vince McMahon. Like it doesn't matter. The guy was never gonna win, except the kid did win, and we saw him lose to Virgil. We saw him lose to, I think somebody else too that was like not as good as I, w- I would say on the card as Razor Ramon. Like we saw him lose, and then Maybe all of a sudden Razor Doink. Loses. I, I don't know, but yeah, might have been Doink. Yeah. Like yeah, he lost to like two other people like in, in consecutive weeks. And then he beats Razor Ramon, and you're like, but that's like Razor Ramon. Like, that's like... The thing about Razor Ramon is I really just wish that he did have a full-on WWF championship run. just never happened. It was close. I mean, this would have been the time. It was close. I don't disagree. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, he does do wonderful IC runs, but I mean... I guess the thing is, there's only so much time, you know? And how are you going to have Hulk Hogan take the championship belt and run away for six months and never to be to, to see it again if you give it to raise Ramon. it's true yeah. i mean then i would just i don't know <laughs> i don't even know here's what i do know the bounty right now sits at twenty five hundred dollars mm-hmm. so i don't i as a person as more a child, than uh, most people have paid for their mom Yes, that's verbatim what he said. To save their mom. That's what I told you. He said, more than most people would pay to save their mother is what I'm going to offer this kid. And not knowing the economics of wrestling at the time, because I was a child, to be like, oh, maybe they made like 30 bucks, 40 bucks. I mean, that's, listen, some straight cash, homie. Like, Oh, yeah. But everybody does have a price, and this wasn't his. He never showed. Whether he was supposed to show or not show, he never came to the ring that day. So we don't get that match. But the bounty will continue, I feel. I feel like it must. And I feel like in seeing previews, thumbnail previews for our next episode of Raw, we are also going to be introduced to a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. An insurance policy? No, the insurance, the oh, insurance I, policy I, is in 97. I thought that he called him an insurance policy. I really, like, this whole circle. Like, in my mind, I take him and Diesel... Sean and Diesel. And I I make it be Sean and Sid first, and then he got Diesel, but he didn't. It's him and Diesel, and then when Diesel splits from him, then he gets Sid. He doesn't get Sid till 95. Yeah, like two more years. Yeah, no, I know, because then I'm like, oh, man, because I still think that, what is it, 94 is the best Royal Rumble, I still think. It's the next one for us. Well, no, this next one is going to be the Lex Express Bret Hart one. That's the same one. Really? 94. We're in 93 right now. And then 94 is after 93. Then, then I think it might be 93. No, it's not. It's not. Oh, that is the best one, though. Because I remember seeing that one as it's a kid. It's 94. Because that's the, that's the Brett Lex one. Because 95 is the one where... um, It's the one where Sean wins, but because only one foot hits the thing. And then, like, the bulldog thought he won. And he comes back... I thought that that's was... That's 95. That one's kind of slow. I thought that was that's 96. Like the real, it's not... That's the fast one. Oh, he wins in 96, too. Yeah, because he wins two. Yeah, he wins two in a row. And so I think then the Stone Cold wins, like, three. I think he should, Stone Cold wins, like, two. No, he I, he wins three in total. I don't know. I don't three think in, in a row. Yeah. yeah. I think he wins the next two in a row. Yeah, I think he does with like mm-hmm. two. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the next one is the one that is our favorite. Yeah, that one I do like. Then that's yeah. the one I like because just just that moment where just like seven foot Diesel is just standing there holding his fist up and you're just like, yo. Yeah, like, I think that's the, the first time we see him in the ring too. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. 
But we digress. We have a King of the Ring that's coming. Anything anything else you want to add to any of these? I will say that... uh, No, I have nothing else to add. (laughs) I I don't. I just... Um, yeah, like, I don't remember what I was going to, oh, I was going to say, if you're out there listening and you're like, wow, I really hate the click and these guys are just talking about the click and loving on the click. Like I, we will talk about other things and love on other things. I want to be clear. But I do love the click. I want to be clear. Like, and I have no problem saying it right now and getting it right out there because this is, this is part of our speed run. So, you know, like, I want people to understand. In my youth and even rewatching this, there are levels. My man, up until probably 96, is just straight up Bret Hart. Like, I'm a Bret Hart guy. That's it. I love Bret Hart. I can appreciate all the other things and enjoy everything I'm in. But, like, I like Bret Hart. Like, I just, I never, even, like, as a kid, I never got into the Shawn Michaels thing. It was always Bret Hart. Then from Bret, then from there, it go, it did go into, like, Stone Cold. Like I, I like I dipped out for a little bit and it went to Stone Cold. I there well, is a, a soft spot. That's a natural pro- progression. I but it's right. not though. I, I don't know if that's really the natural progression because I feel like the whole point was that Stone Cold is like I'm gonna beat the shit out of Bret Hart. So it's kind of like I'm gonna destroy your childhood. Yeah, but Bret Hart became pretty unlikable at a certain point. You know what I mean? Like I f- and it was fun and it was cool and like I love it, but it was it was weird. It, it got weird. But Shawn Michaels still existed. The Undertaker was really dark. Mankind shows up and Mankind's great. Cool. So there's a lot of different there's a lot people of, that you could have. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of different people you could have went to. I mean, Diesel is the champion for a long time. You could have been like, "Yo, that's my guy." Like the giant. Like there's different things. But he's for me, it was always the longest like Bret Hart. reigning champion of the nineties. It was always Bret Hart. Who Diesel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm saying there's there was people like if you're just kind of. You know, if you're championship chasing, if you're whatever, I love Razor Ramon too. It was kind of, it was Bret Hart yeah. and Razor. Those were my guys. They yeah, were I, the coolest. Yeah, they were the coolest. Hundred percent. Because I was like, yo, Razor Ramon, that guy's awesome. When I play video games, I would play as Bret Hart or Razor Ramon. Most of the time, I play as Razor Ramon because when you play the video games, everybody had a finishing move. So if you did the submission move and you did it too close to the ropes. You know what happens. They're going to grab the ropes. 100%. And I bet the ref sees it every time. But when you do the fucking Razor's Edge in a video game, you're like, fuck you, I win. Mm-hmm. Because it's fucking Razor's Edge. And you're like, that's a fucking cool finishing move, Razor's Edge. Yeah. No, it is. I'd say probably I'd say probably top five finishing move of all time. Listen, that is a discussion for another day. That is. Another speed round. But in this speed <laughs> round, we do have to award the winner of the week. I felt the winner of the week this week. Bret Hart. We have not seen him. It, you you mentioned it as right before he came on the screen. You were like, we haven't seen him in a minute. And there he is. Yeah. So I'm going to say Bret Hart because he comes out and heckles Razor Ramon. What yeah. Are your I'm gonna, I was going to say perfect, but yeah, I was really excited to see him. I felt like I love when we're watching this, you start to feel like a kid again. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Bret's coming. Like, I felt that because it was so long since we've seen him. Mm-hmm. And it was exciting that he was coming out and he was yelling at Razor and Razor's loot. That that was so much fun. That was so fun. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say the loser. I'd give it to Razor just because he looked really cool. Well, he gets best dressed, clearly. He, yeah, he looked fucking cool. Sometimes there are one of ones. Like Macho Man is always a one of one. <laughs> Ric Flair in his robes is always a one of one. Like nobody else does the robes like Ric Flair. But sometimes Razor Ramon, when he comes out in street clothes. 
just destroys everybody. Like, he's ridiculous in these pants with the fucking giant chain. Like, what is that? And I feel like he probably went out and had beers looking just like that later on. Like, he walked into a bar in New York City looking like that. Like, can't you see that? I'm sure he put a shirt on. No, he had probably just put the vest on. He put, like, a like a Savio Vega vest on. And he just <laughs> went in and he was done. He's like, let's go. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't want to be recognized and put his hair in a little ponytail. And if you're six on. foot seven, though, how do I, you There's not... no way you could not recognize that man. I don't know what I'm talking about. There's certain people that can't get away with not. Like, Shawn Michaels could probably, like, if he put a hat, like, a ball cap on. And put his, and, like, like, put his hair, hair into up, it. Yeah, maybe. You know, and kind of just, like, you know, kind of went in and, like, kept his head down. Maybe. You know, Bret Hart. Maybe, right? Of course, if his hair was always... If They'd have was to put their wet, hair into like a, a hat. They'd have yeah. to put it into a hat or, like, tuck into their shirt. Although, although the thing is, like, you know, even... Br- so like, big, though. Bret Hart's big. That's what I was going to say. These so guys are big. Sean, I mean, they're, they Sean, don't Sean look too, big right. compared to Razor Ramon. But I'm like, Razor but Ramon can't not... when you see them not... in, like, real clothes, like, when you see, like, pictures of them in street clothes next to real people, you're like, holy shit, even, like, Bret Hart, that guy's huge. Razor Ramon can't blend in to a crowd. No. Like, Kevin Nash <laughs> cannot blend in. Like, Diesel well, we weren't even talking about Kevin Nash. No, no but I'm saying, ever... no, no, it's not blending into a crowd. No. Now, anybody under six foot two is probably not going to be able to blend into a crowd. So, no. having said that, I give Maybe him... Maybe in, like, what's a tall con- country? Like, Sweden? Aren't people really tall there? But again, these guys are so tan. You know? I don't understand. So you're just saying, like, in Sweden, these people would... No. Well, I'm just saying because people are very tall They're American. Sweden. They're going to stand out even more. Well, they're very tan. That's Yeah, that's why I They're going to go, wait, why Why is there a bunch of giant Americans here? Oh, <laughs> it, the wrestling show's in town. Like, oh, yeah. they're going to know. It's not like, you know. I don't know. Americans, don't don't we tend to blend in internationally? No. I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to see the fanny packs. And they're going to see all these just <laughs> the ponytails. These gentlemen with the ponytails and the fanny packs. And the muscles. Oozing, oozing machismo. <laughs> and they're going to go, isn't the wrestling show in town in Stockholm or something? Like, oh, no, man. it's not going to work that way. I just so know. I give the best dress of the week to our man, Razor Ramon. <laughs> and I give the match of the week, as you're laughing. I can't. I give the match of the week to the uh, Doink Perfect match, just because I feel like it's it's time that somebody beat Doink, because he has been winning with a lot of his shenanigans. It was actually a pretty good match. It was a good match. Um, I'll give it to them, too. All things considered, that, that clown can wrestle. <laughs> so, next week, we are left with, at the end of our Monday Night Raw, we are told... That we are getting a Bam Bam Bigelow mm-hmm. with Luna Vachon in his corner. Yes. Versus Marty Jannetty. Yes. And Sensational Sherry. I don't remember this. I just don't understand as a human being why just like none of this effort was taken at that WrestleMania. I just, I'll, I'll never understand. It just won't make sense. Because I feel like Bam Bam became before the WrestleMania. Because I remember because, Luna with Bam Bam. Because Shawn Michaels hurt himself. And they couldn't have him there doing things with Luna before. I think, anyway. I think that's why. Because then well, Sherry Bam Bam. would probably come out with the tongue. Because there was, like, one promo. There was one promo with Sherry, like, where she was like, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to WrestleMania. And there was, like, one time where somebody mentioned her coming. It was, like, Macho Man or somebody mentioned that Sensational Sherry was thinking about showing up at WrestleMania. Right. So, like, that was put out there. So, I think it's fine if their beef started at WrestleMania. It was just, like, I felt like it really needed to be known that she was going to be there. So, then Sean would bring Luna to be like, fuck you. But they, they kind of hinted at it. It wasn't blatant. Right? Right. I think that's really the problem. Because I'm just saying, when I, when I think of Luna as a kid, 
I don't recall that WrestleMania. I just think of Luna and Bam Bam. Boom. That's where she starts. And then Luna to Gangrel, obviously. But it's that's funny, where she starts. Because I do recall that WrestleMania. And I thought that she was by Sean's. I thought she was with him for a while. And it was just literally that one It was one literally time. that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a one off to then have a feud with Sherry. And then Which Sherry's going to go with funny Marty. But Sherry things. with Marty would make sense. Because that actually is the thing that it takes no effort to go to that no, level. No, because like the, the enemy of they my enemy anyway. is my friend, right? So that yeah. makes sense. They were vibing anyway. But they already didn't. They already have like a no. It was her and model Rick Martell or something. It was her and Rick Martell because she thought he was cute. It's true. Don't touch his face. But fun fact. Hmm. The Rockers did hang out with Sherry, like back when they worked for like another promotion or whatever. So they all were friends. That's fun. Yeah. We're gonna do our uh, annual or our semi-annual as we go and as we record these episodes. Nothing on Dark Side of the Ring gave us any uh, insights of any of this stuff, right? Because I know right now we're in a Dark Side of the Ring hole. Nothing. No, it's no, been no. like older stuff that we've been that they've been putting yeah, out. Because they, like, uh, they've done a lot. They've mined a lot of it. But there is going to be a Doink the Clown Oh my one, God, the one last night was so depressing that we yeah, watched. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah. With the, um, the Graham family. That was tough. Oof. And then you started watching one that I fell asleep. Magnum TA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to watch that. That looked, but yeah, no, that was yeah, all before yeah. this stuff. Yeah, we we got like halfway through that. That was the one before that. But then Doink is the next one. Um, so that should be interesting. I'm really excited to watch one on Doink. Yeah, I mean, I I think we said a lot. I think we a said, whole lot of nothing. I was like, this is gonna be a 10 minute episode, and here we are, 45 minutes, 44 minutes. And I think you're gonna trim it down to probably like a solid 37. I think we're gonna have about like 37, we'll but maybe not. Maybe we'll not. see. Guys, as always, if you like what you hear, press the like button on wherever you got your podcast from or the love button. We are Shoots and Ladders Podcast. Our goal, our mission, our five-year plan is to continue watching this stuff until we get to the Montreal Screwjob, learning little factoids and tidbits along the way, right? That's what we're here for. We're trying to see. We're trying to connect any dots. The only dot I can connect right now is... I, I saw Bret Hart. That's that's about it. I saw Shawn Michaels, right? He wrestled. But I never saw him come in to his music, which is, just leads me to believe that maybe he was the Intercontinental Champion, but they didn't want me to know that at the time. Mm-hmm. And I saw Vince McMahon, but he was an announcer. And nothing led you to believe. Like, the, the Jim Duggan stuff that did happen a few weeks ago, that was pretty cool. Like, it was like a cool, like, when he's yelling at, like, I got screwed to Vince McMahon. Yeah. That was actually yeah, pretty cool. you picked up on that. I don't think I would. Well, because that's all I'm looking for now. It's like any of these things. Like, do they break kayfabe? Do they not? Like, what are the things? And obviously, it's all part, you know, part of the show. But, I mean, it's fun to just sit there and watch. Because we know where this goes. And But, I mean, even then, like, I know the casual fan did not know Vince McMahon was the owner. But if you read wrestling magazines and were really into it, you would know that. Because his dad was clearly the owner. Right. And and they didn't lie about that. No. And no, no look, 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 you look. You know, look, so look. I'll tell you this. It wasn't like it wasn't like it was secret knowledge. It just wasn't out there in your face. So I didn't know. You I'll, didn't know. I'll, you were children. I'll leave you with this. I'll leave you with this, right? I'll leave you with this. When I was a kid, I didn't know who owned the New York Knicks. I didn't know who owned the New York Rangers. I still don't know these things. That's Dolan. But he owns the garden and everything. But what I did know, right, <laughs> was I knew who the coach was, right? 
Yes. Right? And then I knew, generally knew, sometimes you know who the GM is because you hear that they get fired or not or whatever. So, like, you didn't know, like, the top, but it didn't take a lot of work to, to know that. And, like, in this case, it's like, I know who Macho Man is. I know who Bobby Heenan is. But the people I didn't know really who they were, like, I didn't know who JR was. Well, he wasn't really there. Right, but when he is there on the paper, like, I didn't know who he was, but I knew who Gorilla Monsoon was. What I'm, what I'm getting at is... You only know what you see on Saturday morning and Monday night. That's it. But what I'm getting at is... No, no. What I'm getting at is, like, here's Vince McMahon, who's just there. But then somehow, like, he's not there, and he's not a wrestler. So even as a kid, I knew there was something more to him than just that. As a kid, as a small kid, I'm like, there's something more to this guy than just that. Because everybody else was a wrestler. Yeah. The exception of JR. Everybody else was like, or a manager. So everybody else was something before they became an announcer, right? Like Bobby Heenan was a manager. Everybody was something. He has an air about him too. Like you could tell he There's uh, something. Yeah, yeah, there's he, a little something. There's an air about him. You know that he's a, uh, you know. And he inserts himself in the show, like when he's doing the Razor Ramon interview. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when he does Shawn Michaels interviews. Like he inserts himself into the show and you're like, nobody else does that. He talks over all of them mm-hmm. to say... Look at that maneuver. Like, he doesn't even talk over them to, like, say anything of of substance. He and there's, just... a, there's a stark contrast between JR talking about it as if i am got a play-by-play guy mm-hmm. watching a hockey game, right? Who's just into it, you know, calling out moves and things that I don't know, right. but I just accept whatever he's saying. And then Vince McMahon, look at that proboscis. Because look the at the physique. About Vince McMahon is, for someone who was obsessed with the wrestling industry, for someone who would want wanted nothing more but to be involved in the wrestling industry and take over his dad's business the man doesn't know any of these moves right like he at least i am uh have not found any evidence of the fact that he does know what any of these moves are (laughs) he doesn't but at the same time other than jr who really says anything other than people's finishers it's like he goes out of his way to insert that he is the lord of the Lord, Lord of the Dorks, right? He goes out of his way to be like, this is a, you know, blah, 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 whatever move, you know, insert whatever move. I was going to say side rush and leg sweep, but it's like that. They, like Vince McMahon says that too. They all kind of say that. But it's like, oh, it's a Luthez press. Like, okay. That's when Stone Cold jumps and punches the guy because the guy's name was like Luthez. Like, that was his name. And then that was like his like move that he did, yeah. like a signature move. When Stone Cold jumps on the guy and punches yeah, the guy. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he goes out of I his way. Have done that, though, right. But he I goes did. out of his way to like say these things. And then you're like, that just, like, look cool. I didn't know that it actually had, like, a, like you had to give me this specific name. So it's cool because it's, like, he goes out of his way to be, like, I know just a little bit more. Vince McMahon is just, like, look at the proboscis. I don't need to know more. On that. Man. Look at that physique. Shit. Look at that physique. Right. Look at that maneuver. Look at that physique. He's doing great things. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love he it. He must be on Ico Pro. I, I will say, there's been one thing that's been consistent throughout my, uh, <laughs> that was consistent throughout my childhood and my youth and even now as, as an adult. It's that, you know. Vince McMahon does want to, he wants to take your time. He does want to advertise something to you, but he does entertain you. It is entertaining. It's a circus sideshow. It's entertaining. Yeah. You know? So having said all that, we will continue to analyze the little breadcrumbs that we get as we get our way to the Montreal Screwjob. Jen? Pat? Next week, Memorial Day weekend, 1993. We are going to jump right back in. Bam, bam, Marty Jannetty. Ladies in the corners. I'm here for it. Let's fucking do it. Let's go watch it right now. Montreal was a word. Bye. <laughs>